Welcome to part four of our pregnancy journey. The last episode, we covered our stay in the hospital when Sabrina was in the hospital. And now we want to share with you about our NICU experience. So basically covering the day Truman was born. We didn't talk about that last time, right? Talk about the day no. Truman was born. No, we didn't. That's Hi, a everybody. good starting point. There I'm she Sabri- is. I'm Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> so when... Uh, I still remember I'm, it. I'm super surprised that you're getting right into this. You didn't even talk about how much of a pain it was getting on here. <laughs> Mr. Fun, don't go off the script. Go off the script, uh, guy. I think because we got so irritated. We spent 20 minutes trying to get our phones to connect to do this podcast. And uh, I was just like, come on, let's How go. about the fact that I thought my underwear were wet because... <laughs> I thought I was sweating. I literally was like, oh my God, my underwear are wet in the butt. It's so I hot. I am sweating so much. I think I'm getting worked up. And then I'm like sitting on the couch and I'm like, man, I'm still getting all wet. What's going on? Then I fill the couch and the couch is soaked. <laughs> Who knows what kids built what on this couch? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm sitting here recording this podcast with wet butt chonies. <sighs> That's okay. You can take a nice shower after this delightful yeah <laughs> delicious <laughs> i'm still feeling the urge to like okay let's go then oh we're switching <laughs> modes here what's happening yeah. maybe because it's getting later at night and yes. you're the night person and you're like hurry to freak up i want to go to I'm bed not, i'm not the night person you mean yeah i uh, know no. i hit my second win <laughs> yes yeah, sabrina's getting her second win right now it's about like, 10 i can't p- wait to have a snack after this it's about 10 p.m i'm <laughs> <laughs> ready for sleep and she's ready just to enjoy her time as a as a as a person that's not a mom for a little bit. <laughs> Funny as we we're about to start to, about to talk about some of the most challenging times that we had uh, in our experience w- with this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. You can go now. Okay. So we so um, as I said before, we left you right before we were going to have Truman's birthday, and that day was significant obviously and we were we were talking earlier today about how how it even started like how did this come to be okay hold on so we had mentioned in previous podcasts that we had we'd had ultrasounds every friday mm-hmm. to um just go over his biophysical profile was he practicing breathing was he moving how were his placental cords looking like all of that stuff yep. um so we had had one on friday that friday before he was born and it was the best uh, ultrasound we had ever had. Like, yeah. literally the entire time we were in the hospital for seven weeks, it, it felt like everything was just getting progressively better. Like we had said before, like, okay, this is insane. Normally, things start to look worse until yes. you give birth. Well, in our situation, things were starting to look better progressively. And that Friday, Truman passed his BPP for the very first time. What is a BPP? He had, like... Biophysical profiles, just the markers they look yeah. at to make sure that the baby still like looks good and is not in, in, in any distress. And if they're in any distress, obviously they had to be born. So Truman had like two centimeters of fluid, which never had that from the time we went to this 19-week yeah. sonogram. He never had it. So that yeah. was right before we were 30 weeks. Um, I think what were we 30, 30 weeks, weeks would have been like that Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Friday. And so we like left that saw that ultrasound room like, oh, shoot, we're making it the 34 weeks for One sure. One more month in here. And yeah, we were just like elated, could not believe how well he was doing, had no idea at all that things would be shifting or changing at all. Yeah. And the weird thing was, is what Derek was about to mention was I was thinking about 
how he was born on a Monday. And I'm like, okay, wait, so he had an ultrasound on a Monday. I mean, granted, this has been now three and a half years ago. So yeah, it's just been not rehashing the details or talking about it for so long. I was like, Derek, why did we have an ultrasound on a Monday? So I guess they must have just decided to start doing two ultrasounds a week or something mm-hmm. because I'd hit 30 weeks. Yeah. I don't remember the reason. I think why. that's right. Maybe, Let's go with that. Let's go with that. reason. I mean, maybe they just randomly did one. Like the doctor on stat, like it was God. It either had way, to either way God. the timing was perfect, whether it was the 30 week or what it was. And they chose well, to do it on Monday know. when really when maybe Tuesday never made had, more had sense. one on Monday. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, yeah, it would have made more sense to do Tuesday since we had just had one on Friday, yeah. and I had fetal uh, monitoring every day. Like, why would they need to have another one on a Monday? Right. It was definitely God because they woke us up really early that morning. I remember it was like seven or something, like even earlier than we normally it do. Seven thirty. We're not thrilled about and that. And we were kind of like, all right, like kind of grumpy about it. We're like, well. It's going to look good. It was great on Friday. Yeah, we've we been there freaking, seven weeks at this We just freaking went two days ago. Why we got to go again? <laughs> like, all grumpy about it. Yeah. We're like, we're going to be right back in the room. And then we go into that ultrasound room and... We had a different ultrasound tech than we'd had the whole entire time. Oh, yeah. That was like another like, oh, what? Where's she at? Like, where's our girl? Um, yeah. And so she was different. The ultrasound tech was different. And then... um we sat there and he was on the monitor or the ultrasound for like half an hour. Right. And yeah. he wasn't moving. She was acting wasn't weird. wiggling at all. She wasn't His, familiar with us either. So she was kind of acting different. Yeah. So I think that's what the part of it too was like, we were like, okay, maybe she just doesn't really know what she's doing <laughs> or maybe mm-hmm. she doesn't know Truman or something. I don't know. Truman likes our, our normal, uh, uh, ultrasound tech. Yeah. And he wasn't really moving. His heart rate kept dipping low. Um, like just completely failed his biophysical profile. And I remember them like being like, okay, well, oh, the, the, uh, ultrasound tech was like, I'm going to go get your normal ultrasound tech just because maybe, you know, she just needs to come in here. And it was just like a really awkward thing. Yeah. Like, okay. She was kind of fidgeting with her phone a little bit too. Like she was texting. Yeah. I uh, think she was really nervous and trying not to make us nervous about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it reminds me of whenever we went into that 19-week ultrasound and the lady was, like, asking us yeah. questions like, hey, have you had any bleeding or cramping? And I'm like, yeah. why the crap is she asking these weird this questions? This is just a like, little more obvious. Yeah. So they went and got her and she came back and was like, hey, what's going on? And, like, looking and they, like, immediately after that called our doctor and they were like, okay, well, we need to get you up to, um, what did they say, like, triage or something? Or I, don't, I don't know. We need to get you up to a room to be get on constant fetal monitoring. And I was like, well, I really got to go pee. And like, they almost weren't even going to let me go to the bathroom. Remember? Uh Like they were like, "Uh, no, this is serious. You need to go up right now. I'm like, "Uh, I can't hold it. I just kind of confused, like in denial about it all thinking like, oh, he's, he's, maybe he's just tired in there, you know? So they wheeled me up very quickly to the, um, I think it's a prep surgery prep room. I think that's what it was. And I don't think we knew that's what it was. Immediately hooked me up to, um, the fetal heart rate thing and he actually seemed pretty good but they monitored him for a little bit while a little bit longer until the doctor came up and um she's like okay well i think today's gonna be his birthday and i'm like uh no (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think so like what's happening right now yeah how is this even real and i'm like are you sure like maybe maybe we just need to keep monitoring for longer and she's like no Today is going to be his birthday. He wants to come out. And then I'm like, <laughs> my 
freaking nerves just shot through the roof. My adrenaline, my heart start racing all fast, sweaty palms. They start going a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Start getting extra IVs in me, prepping me. You're going in for C emergency C section like right now. All hell broke loose. I'm like, oh, yeah. she cut it out of my nose. And so I was like, oh Jesus. And we had it was the doctor, the same doctor that we saw, the very first one we saw. Oh yeah, yeah. When we got checked in too. I think that helped. And she was really direct with you. Not so yeah. much with me, but with you because you were like not she, having it. She knew that she needed to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So then they fairly quickly, as soon as they got the um, surgery room prepped, they wheeled me back there and Derek mm -hmm. had to wait. Why did they have to even They said they were going to like prep you and then come get me. Yeah. So they wheeled me back there. And I remember, I cannot think of a song right now. I'm like in my head, like worshiping Jesus. Like I cannot believe this is happening to me right now. Yeah. It is just such a blur because you wake up not having any idea. And then within, I mean, he was born within an hour of all of that stuff happening. Yeah. It just happened so fast. You don't have really, you didn't have any time to process it at all. Mm -hmm. So God got me in there. What I do remember is they got me on the table. My legs are like shaking crazy. I don't, I wasn't like fearful. I just think it was just like such a shock to my body that this was actually all going to happen. Like it all boiled down to this moment. You know what I mean? Like everything we'd went through, like, oh my God, we don't really know what to expect now. Like all the yeah. doctors have said these negative things. I have faith and I believe that when he comes out, everything's going to be fine. But the reality of it says we don't really know what is going to happen. And God sent an angel into that room. Uh, mm -hmm. Our anesthesiologist, she was so great with me. She just like, as all the nurses and everybody was prepping everything, she was right there with me, like holding my hand, putting her hand on my leg. And she said something to me that just, it really confirmed that God was like, okay, I progressively kept Truman getting better inside your womb until this exact moment that he needed to be born. And she said to me, he is no longer thriving in in you anymore he's yeah. going to basically he's going to do better when he gets out yeah and it just like whew, like peace came over me like okay yeah. you're right he's he's just getting sicker in there and he needs to come out because he's going to do better on the outside and it yeah. made me feel so much peace and so they lay me down they do they or they gave me the spinal tap or whatever that is to numb me from my stomach down Derek's still not in there i'm laying back they're like I mean, everything's moving so, so quickly. There's about yeah. a bajillion people in there because they have to have the NICU staff in there too. As soon as Truman comes, they have to get him out, yeah. start working on him, whisk him away. And they like like initially do like a little incision to see if I could feel anything. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Or they like pinched me or something. I doubt they really actually cut me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, I feel that. And they're like, uh, are you sure? Yeah, I can definitely feel that. If I didn't feel it, I would tell you. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll give it another minute. But if you don't, if you still feel that, we're going to have to put you under, like put you out. And was, that's the last thing I wanted to do. You know, I yeah. wanted to be alert and know what was going on. And then the next thing I know, they're like cutting into me and I'm not feeling it, but I can feel every tug, every pull, like just pressure. Yeah. They're, they're cutting, they've already cut me open. They basically almost have Truman out. And then here you come through the door. Yeah. And I remember. I was thinking, like, they forgot about me. I, I don't know. It's yeah. taking so long. I remember saying, where's my husband? Sure. Where's my husband? Where's my husband? Why isn't he in here? Where's my husband? Like literally no support other than this anesthesiologist at the very beginning. They had one of the, I can't remember. Oh, the anesthesiologist like 
intern or something was right next to me and she was holding my like throw up bag because when you're going through surgery, like intense surgery like that, your blood pressure can drop so low that it just makes you extremely nauseous. So they're like ripping me open, pulling my skin, feel every, like feel the pressure of all that. And I'm like throwing up into a bag. <laughs> Where's my husband? Where's my husband? You can tell them from your perspective what you saw when you came in. Uh, yeah. So the the nurse comes and gets me, and she's like, "Let's hurry." So we go to the room, which is really not far. And I walk in, and on my right, I just see a bunch of people, and on my left, I see people, and I just see red. I'm assuming it's blood. Maybe it was some other things. I don't know. Uh, but I just didn't. I didn't look. I didn't want to see. Uh, I hadn't eaten or drank anything. <laughs> And I just didn't want to look and make myself be sensitive to whatever it was. And I didn't, really didn't want to see the uh, the insides of my wife <laughs> at all. So they bring me back around kind of the curtain that she's, you know, separating her um, her head from the rest of her body and as they're doing the surgery. And uh, I was just there. And it, I mean, it happened fast from that point. It was like a matter you of You might a few, have only been there for a minute. Yeah, it was just a couple of minutes, two, three minutes at the, at the very most. And uh, – they get him out, but it's it's different because we don't. He's not going to cry, um, because he's you know he's thirty weeks and he's at the the size of a twenty six week baby. And we'll get to that, but it, there's no crying, so we're just waiting. Like, and in, in, in yeah. that moment, it's like we're not thinking, oh, he didn't make it, but we're thinking, can you hurry well, up and tell us it? that he's okay? Yeah. Like, we I need mean, something. You, the whole thing is they have to be able to intubate a small baby like that, like this it, the tube has to be able to fit down in there and if they can get the tube in there and intubate them then there's like obviously at least hope or a chance that they can then get him on a ventilator to start breathing for him yeah um i don't know did you see them take truman out no. did you see any i was of that? just right by you i didn't see anything so then when they got him into the incubator or over there like to to work on him and intubate him did you see any of that? And I could, I looked, I could see over there, but I couldn't see him because there's, I mean, there was five, maybe five people are surrounding him as they're all working to. to so get did that the to anesthesiologist take your phone and take pictures? Yeah. Okay, so she went she over there and took pictures, pictures and then brought think, them back. Yeah, but I, I went to, I did go over there when she did it before or after. I don't, I don't know. So I got to kind of see him, but it was hard because he's like, it was kind of like wrapping this, almost seemed like clear plastic type stuff. I think just to keep him contained or warm or something else yeah. so i really and didn't you can get a see good those look pictures. at him if you go to our youtube channel you can see with the day that the video we put out the day he was born you could see yeah. pictures of him like the, the very first pictures we got of him when he was getting wrapped up in that like plastic stuff mm -hmm. and get starting to get intubated yeah uh so you couldn't really see no i couldn't uh, see him. i i couldn't yeah. really i couldn't really see him and then we got the picture and the funny part about that was is you didn't believe that it was truman you remember that mm -hmm. Of course I remember that because I still look at that picture and I'm like, that does not look like a baby. It looks like a freaking grown man on a tiny body. It was maybe it's just because he was like, and like inflamed or whatever. I don't know. But when the anesthesiologist brought the picture back over to me and was like, there he is. I was like, what? Or no, did I even see any pictures? then? Yeah. Did she showed the pictures right you... there in the room. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I can't. I we should, probably should have discussed this before the podcast. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I remember looking at the picture and saying, "That's Derek." Yeah. And I, I literally thought it was your face on Truman's body. Yeah, she had to like joke. Photoshop the picture or something. I. That is not my baby. Like it didn't look like a baby. It was really weird. <laughs> 
I just I think it's just like I just saw your nose or something and it 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 was just it was really wicked. But I mean not wicked in an evil evil way, but like wicked like ooh, that was crazy. Um so yeah, so then they whisk Truman away, they bring me back into recovery. Or no, when they whisk you away, you said, Do you want me to stay with you or go with Truman? And I said, Go with Truman, yeah. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So they had to, you know, stitch me up and all that stuff, brought me back into recovery and I'm back in recovery. I think Shanae and Levi, my um, brother and sister-in-law, and then maybe Autumn and my friend Autumn, and then JD and Pastor Eric were back there. Were they all back there at the same time? They were like there, kind of waiting for me when I got back. Bill was there. there. Bill was like. there. Oh, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Gilpin. Um, yeah. So I mean, obviously, those details are all very kind of like fuzzy. I just remember from pictures. Yeah. Um, and so I remember waiting for you to come back to tell me like is Truman okay? Like, can you show me pictures or what's going on? Tell them what you were doing while I was (laughs) waiting for you to come back. I I go with them and we're just going down the hall to the NICU and we, we go in and enter through and, um, I'm all scrubbed on. I still have a mask. Scrubbed on my scrubs. You know, they gave me scrubs. I had scrubs. I thought you were meaning like washing. You're all scrubbed up. All the the scrubs (laughs) and the, the face mask and the whole thing in there. Um, and so we're in his Nikki room and they're continuing to do some work. And I'm kind of standing in there, just being there. And I, and I'm like, it's kind of hitting me. All my adrenaline is kind of slowing down a little bit. And I feel like I can't breathe. I haven't had anything to eat or drink. And I'm like, just standing there like in a daze and the nurse goes, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just hot and really tired. And she goes, well, you can't pass out in here. We don't do big people. Like we just, we just handle babies. So they're like, sit down. So I'm like, I sit down, I just sit down on the floor in there and I'm just trying to like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, what I can and can't do. I've never even, never been in this room. I've never done this before. So, uh, yeah. So he was born at like nine, was it nine twenty six? Yeah. He was mm-hmm. born. Yeah. And we had like went up for ultrasound, like around seven thirty or yeah. something. Yeah. No food, no water, no, no nothing. So it was, it was kind of, rough now granted i didn't get my body cut open like sabrina did but it it still was intense um just a lot of new stuff being thrown at us and so i i just sat in there they got me some water and i i hung out in there for a little bit and then uh i don't know the time frame but then i i went back to you to kind of just you were like straight up gonna pass out you were like you weren't even with truman or me you went like back to another no 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 i did not you were like by yourself. No, I was you in with either one of us. Did they send me somewhere? That's that's cl- that's cloudy. You to me. like you? No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you weren't with either one of us because I was like, where were you? And you're like, almost passed out. And I'm like, so I told you to leave me to go with Truman, no, and you're not you even thought Truman. I wasn't with him, but I was still in the room. I was just sitting okay, on the floor. Okay, uh, listen, this whole time I thought that that was no, the case. No, I'm like, well, you should have stayed with me then. If you no, I was just sitting. In, I was just sitting him. on the floor on the floor in there. Yes. Yeah. So I remember you came back in, you showed me some more pictures, said that he was doing well, had to recover in that room. And then they sent me to like the postpartum room yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, okay. You don't, you know, I can see the timer on my phone, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I literally I looked down on my phone and it tells me, he's like telling me how much time is like, it just distracts me. You don't, I can look down on my phone. <sighs> You're mad now. No. 
You're we're gonna make that. We're gonna end up cutting. This is gonna be one episode by itself. Probably. It's it's fine. No, it's fine. If we want to talk more, then we can. Okay. It's our podcast. All right, y'all. Want to listen? You for better that. hang on for this because we're going longer than normal. <laughs> Giddy up. Okay, so okay, right now is not a good stopping oh point, but you can stop in a little bit. Okay. It's not a good stopping point never. ever. Listen to the whole thing. You have all to listen through. to the whole thing. One sitting. <laughs> so, anyways, um, took me postpartum room. I cannot remember how long it was until they willed me back to see him. Was it like five hours or something? Willed us oh to the NICU Oh my gosh, room? I don't even think we were in, I, I don't think we even went straight there. I don't, yeah, we did they go there like, on your on your way to your like postpartum bed, your room. We stopped by the NICU. Oh, we stopped by the NICU. But we were, okay, in, there yes, for, yes, we were in there for a couple hours, like. Uh, but you guys had to go like while I was recovering in that recovery room. Like I think you and Levi or you guys had to go pack up all my stuff uh-huh. in the antepartum room yeah. because I wasn't going back there, yeah. which was really insane also to process because I had just spent seven weeks. We had both spent seven weeks of our life in, in those yeah, rooms and now all months. of a sudden we're like, uh, how are we all of a sudden not there like and that. now we're in the NICU? Mm-hmm. Just like that. Uh, yeah. So they wheeled me into the NICU and I remember pulling in and it's like, this still like just drives me insane when I think about it. I get in there and like you want to have – I don't get to have that normal moment where you birth a child and the baby mm-hmm. gets put in your chest. I wanted to like at least have a moment that I could see my son and it be like just give me a moment. Let me see him. I look in the thing and I just get a chance to like – I'm just getting emotional like oh my god. He's so stinking tiny. But look at his face. He's so much cuter than that picture showed. Yeah. That picture freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. That picture freaked me out. And then the NICU doctor comes in and is like, okay, like trying to give me all these stats and details. And I just remember, like if I was in my right mind and I wasn't so tired and drugged up, I probably would have been like, sir, can you please wait like five <laughs> minutes? Just give me a chance to see my kid. Yeah. But he, I'm like torn between trying to listen to him yeah. and trying to look at my son for the first time. Yeah. And I'm not even really processing what he's saying because I'm just in my head thinking, oh, my God, that's my kid. Oh, my – how is he out of my stomach? Yeah. Like all these things trying to just even process what the heck just happened. Uh, so I remember him telling us all the details. I don't know if you even remember the main The main thing was that he was not supposed to have any lung – his lungs were not supposed to develop and his lungs were much more developed and looked good from what the doctor told us. I mean, so, if you want to use the word good, in his, but in his good for his gestation. Opinion, yes, he would, the, the yes. lungs look good and he expected. Um, he, the big thing was that he had more rib development than they yeah. had expected, which obviously encases the lungs and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, we were told he would have deformities and those types of things and just he wouldn't fully develop. It was yeah, likely, which, likely that could happen. That wasn't a guarantee, but it would kind which of be Which Derek had mentioned that Truman was smaller. He always um, – acted like a 26-weeker baby because he was also IUGR, interuterine growth restricted, mm-hmm. um, which we believe was from the lack of nutrients and stuff because um, I never got the results back from my placenta uh, like lab work, but they said it was like really tiny and kind of tore up. Mm-hmm. So I just think it was a crappy placenta. Um, but in retrospect, I think that having both the diagnosis of the PPROM and the IUGR was a little bit of a blessing in disguise, even though he acted smaller because he had no fluid. So he could have had deformities. He could have had club feet, those kind of things. He would have grown without restriction. It could have been major issues. Yeah. But because he was smaller, Mm -hmm. he didn't have those. Praise you, Lord. He just orchestrated everything so perfectly. Um, 
And so we obviously, he was way too sensitive, premature on a ventilator. You cannot hold a baby. You cannot, you know, touch or do any of that stuff. We only look from the outside of the incubator. Yeah. And uh, so then after all that, rolled us back to the postpartum room, which the actual recovery of my C-section was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrendous. I mean, I remember them having the um, catheter in. I know that's so lovely. But oh, yeah. I was so scared to stand up after my incision. Like, they say you could only have the catheter in for 12 hours. Yeah. That counts from the time I was getting my surgery. So the time came up for 12 hours. And they were like, okay, we need to take your catheter out. I'm like, no. I don't want to get up. <laughs> because go- if I have to go pee, then I'm going to have to stand up. And they're like, yeah. That's what we want you to do. I'm like, no, please. I think she let me keep it in for she, like you minutes, that an hour longer. longer. Yeah. Um, saving Grace was asking them to find me a recliner somewhere in the hospital because I could not get myself out of the bed. No. Like literally it hurt so bad. I could not get out of the bed. My incision hurt so bad that I could not laugh mm-hmm. or cough or anything. Like, right. If you got me to laugh, I, I remember my mom saying something funny and I literally was like gripping the pillow because it hurt so bad to laugh. Yeah. Um, so it was just like that first like 24 hours after the surgery, it was just so exhausting as a whirlwind. Don't even know what happened. I hurt my neck and everything hurt so bad. Just from like, you know, when you have surgery, they like put air into your body and my shoulders and my neck were just so inflamed and ugh, I just hurt so bad. I like never want to go through that again. It's horrendous. Yeah. Obviously I would do that in a heartbeat again to save my kid, but it was not fun. Uh, obviously we have a lot to talk about probably NICU, NICU wise, but as far as my recovery, it was even worse. I think because I was on bed rest for so long. So literally like all my muscle muscles had atrophied. I hadn't walked. Yeah, it was pretty I rough. used a wheelchair for, you know, two months. Um, and even before that, before I was in the hospital, I walked very little. Uh, so even just learning to like walk again, which is really sad to say, mm-hmm. but walk again, I have pictures of me trying to walk down the hospital hall and it was literally like a baby trying to learn how to like take steps again. One, cause my incision Two, because my, I had like had literally had no muscle left and I would start breathing so heavy because I hadn't even walked. Yeah. Insane. Um, so even after, thank you. I'm so thankful that they took in the, our situation into consideration. We ended up staying in the hospital for five days. I could not even fathom the idea of leaving our child in the hospital and going home. Like literally want to cry about it now because I could not even... Like, who wants to leave? Like, he's been in my stomach, and then all of a sudden I have to leave him mm-hmm. and go home? Like, to what? Last time I was at my house, my water had broke even more yeah. or whatever, and he was in me. And now all of a sudden I'm coming home to not him with me. Yeah. Like, it was devastating. It was devastating leaving the hospital. It, but it was inevitable. It was, like, one of those things where, like, well, I can't stay here the whole time he's in the NICU, so... We got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and then once we were home, there started the NICU life. And I wish we had time to kind of process everything. Um, you're just thrown into the NICU. You're not really able to process what took place in the hospital, what took place. Like none of that even happened until after we brought him home from the NICU, which is something we'll probably talk, we'll talk about in the next video. Um, 
was all of the kind of the trauma from all that and not having the opportunity to truly process it through. Um, but we started our NICU days and thank God, you know, Derek still worked for himself. He spent so much time at the hospital with me. I just can't even even imagine, like, I know there are people, they don't have the option. I totally get Mm -hmm. it. I'm not putting anybody down that they had to go back to work or their spouse couldn't be there or anything especially in these days with COVID and everything, the rules and everything are so different. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this, the way the situation it was for us, I'm thankful that it was that way. And I don't know how I would have like survived without having your support as much as I did or me being able to still be out of work and being able to be there every day. Who knows? It probably would have been a little bit healthier for me to not be at the hospital as much as yeah. it was, but we would spend like at least 12 to 14 hours mm-hmm. in the NICU every single day. And we didn't get a hold of him until day five. Yeah. Um, he was in the NICU for five days, and then finally we were able to hold him. You can also go to our YouTube channel and find that video when we both held him for the first time. Sorry, my video looks like from 1975, but <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a good camera. You couldn't use your. You we didn't. You didn't have, have your phone camera. in a bag in the NICU, so you couldn't just like take your phone out. Like, like looking back now, it's like we just should just took it out for a minute and done yeah. it. But yeah, we borrowed a camera that was great for pictures, so not so great for video. Mm-hmm. And we got a little bit of upgrade for mine, but yeah. And if you want, like we put out, I think what did we put like three or four NICU like updates that. out on YouTube, giving specifics on, you know, the details and everything that Truman went through. I think he was in there for two weeks or something before we recorded our first one. So that one was really long because so much stuff. Oh, like yeah. I went back and rewatched that and I'm like, I cannot, I like forgot about most of that stuff, Mm -hmm. how much stuff he was put through, how many life measuring things they have to put in place to help these babies survive is absolutely mind blowing. So yeah, go ahead and go and listen to our YouTube video if you want to get more of those details. It's pretty crazy. So babe, I mean, I don't know what you all want to go through of our NICU thing. Yeah, I think let's maybe just go into kind of some we can give like a little bit of a high level of what we ex- experienced like on a day to day and we don't have to get into super big details because they can get that on the YouTube videos. Um, and then we can talk about maybe some of the more trying, difficult situations that we went through. Yeah. I mean, I think just because Truman was, was such a small baby, uh, the earlier times, the first month or so of him in the NICU was so vastly different because he was, you know, in an incubator and, such so sensitive, you know, had to only be taken out at certain times. And there were days that we weren't able to take him out of the incubator and hold him. Right. Um, So that first month was really super difficult because it it was just like, it's like we were parents, but we didn't really feel like parents. Yeah. I mean, the only way we really felt like parents is if we showed up for care times, which is when they would change his diaper, you know, take his temperature, like yeah. do those. So you can touch him and interact with him, other than like looking yeah. in, through the glass of the incubator. Yeah. Other than that, we're like, whatever. okay, there you are, but we're yeah. not able to like fully be parents. And this is just weird. Yeah. We're like just watching you grow. <laughs> yeah. We you wouldn't know? even know some days if we like, we need to, some days we wouldn't even know if we could hold him until we even got there. And we would just find out like, oh, he was in there under the UV light for, um, for like jaundice or I forget what the other thing was. Yeah. I mean the Billy Rubin stuff, he, yeah. he had to be under the lights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the humidity. He had a, he had humidity in his incubator. So it's yeah. like he had to be in the humidity for, yeah, for so on. long too, for his skin. Yeah. But 
Yeah. So it was, it was just like a very awkward time because we knew he needed to grow and thrive, but we were also like, okay, there you are. And we're parents, but yet we don't fully like feel like it, but we would still, even though we couldn't hold him, we still felt like we needed to be there because he's ours and yeah. we wanted to advocate for him and be there for him. And it was still important for him to like hear, hear our voice and right. to, you know, get to know our smell. Um, they had these little, what did they call them? Oh, co- uh, did they call them cozy snuggies? Cozy snuggies, snuggies, maybe we made a whole bunch of them. Your mom made a whole yeah, bunch I know. of them for I the know. NICU whenever Forget we the name. donated stuff to anyway, them. It's a, it's a piece of cloth. Yeah. So we had to sleep with it and we brought it in and Truman could lay on it or whatever in the incubator so he could just like smell us and, um, you know, get comforted by that. So those were some yeah. of the, the things that you don't think of that, um, helped them or helped, you know, help NICU babies. Um, I don't know. I feel like I mainly think about the challenging times because yeah. it was extremely challenging. I would say, I mean, we were there for three months with Truman, 97 days. And the first month was really hard because we of the things we just stated. I feel like the second month was kind of, you know, more, we were, we got, we got used to the grind of it. Yeah. Kind of like how when we were in Anapartum, we kind of knew what to expect it yeah. wasn't exactly fun, but it was part of our life and we yeah. knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And we got to know a lot of the nurses. Truman would have primary nurses. So we'd have a lot of the times on day shift or night shift, he'd start getting some of the same nurses because they would put themselves on his care. And so we'd start to get some, get to know some of the nurses and then yeah. we'd, we'd joke and we'd kind of make friends and we started making friends with other parents. And so yeah. it just kind of became this family unit. As yeah. we were there. Those are really and, good positives. Yeah. All those things yeah. Really I mean, the community that you really connect with there does truly help you. And so the second month, I'd say, like, was probably, like, the easier one. The third month, we were just ready to get the mug out of there. Yeah. Well, we did have <laughs> in, in, in the in the second month, though, we thought, and we cover it in more depth on one of the, the YouTube videos, but we thought we were getting close to coming home because his due date was in the second month. Right. And, a yeah. second month time and he was like progressively, you know, doing good. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you want to like talk about July 4th then or if you want to go back and just say some of the more difficult things that we saw and experienced. Even well, that was that tough. I mean, I did want to talk about that a little bit because it was a really that was a really um, kind of shocking time because we felt like we were getting kind of towards the end as due dates coming. They kind of give you that target of the original due date as when you can kind of anticipate or expect like around this time he could probably go home and he was on the right track and then one day he just we got a call to go up there uh, early in the morning first thing when they when they call you it's there's like an issue because they don't normally call you you're usually calling into the NICU just to check on them see how things are going and then you know before we'd go up there for the day we would do that and that day um when they called and you know something was wrong um I left you at home and I went so it was it was I'm really glad that you didn't have to go because it was an emotionally taxing day for me. Well, because... I think I was just feel I wasn't feeling good that day or something. Yeah, I mean you were I worn don't... out. You were well. I you was were worn, worn out. out the whole I think time. I was dealing with a little bit of mastitis symptoms because yeah. I had to constantly pump. So I feel like yeah. I went through cycles of that. That was fun. Yeah. So I went up there, and the short of it is because you can get more details in the videos, but he went from being in a, an open crib environment where, you know, he's just, we can just pick him up anytime. He's right there. It's easy. Um, he was on very little oxygen support. Like we're thinking home time is coming soon. And he went like 
three, four steps backwards, back into, um, back into the incubator, back on a CPAP, which is much more support. And it was shocking. It was, uh, it's not as fresh emotionally for me now, but, and I don't like to think about it that much, but he went way, it felt like a huge punch in the gut with him going backwards as, as far as he did, as fast as he did. And I didn't un- really understand it. It was so confusing to me and it was really disheartening uh, just to see it happen because you're there every day and you're getting little tiny wins and little tiny step back. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're at the end and you get a huge step back. And it was, I mean, it was devastating for me. And then to have to tell you what happened. Yeah. I um, remember you came home and I was like, you're kidding, right? Yeah. Like, I thought you were joking around. Right. I'm like, well, don't joke about that. Was that the same time that I literally, like, I lost it? It was, I mean, I had emotional times, but this was my breaking point. And I was so frustrated with the enemy. Yeah. That I remember we were, I was in the kitchen and I just got down on my face and I just started screaming and like pounding my fist on the floor. Yeah. And like, I don't go and like speak to the enemy a lot, you know, like I'm not giving him attention, but I was screaming like you back off of my son you back off of my family like at this point i am so over the battles that we went through so tired of it i'm like you just back off and and i was screaming and crying and just over it so over it yeah um but you know it, it it was what it was. We couldn't do anything about it. They didn't know for sure. Like no um, explanation, had, no reason. Just like well, he just got saw, tired. Basically, they, is what they saw that. Yeah, they said he wore. He kind of wore himself out. Um, but they saw some haziness right on the X-rays, they X-rays after and they that, didn't yeah. know if he like had aspirated milk because I had been, just been starting like nursing him, practicing mm-hmm. nursing with him, and they didn't know if he had aspirated milk. There was never fully a. Uh, hundred percent guarantee of what happened. We just had to roll with the punches at that point. But yeah, that was one of the major disheartening times because we're like, oh my God, we just went so far back. Now we don't even know how long we're going to be here at all. Yeah. And that was two weeks before it was the 4th of July. So it was like, it was literally two weeks before his due date. Yeah. Original due date. So yeah, we were like, well, guess that's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of the other like more difficult times was very much related to his oxygen and his bradycardia is like the dips in his heart rate. Yeah. Um, just, they say it's normal, but there's really nothing normal about watching your kid go through that, those yeah. kind of spells. Just and stop reading kinda, it. And I mean, if you if you've never really been in a NICU, you don't truly understand the environments. And if you watch some of our videos, you'll kind of hear. But there's always, like, just machines in the background. Like, you could hear everything. Yeah. And even sometimes, like, just going back and listening or hear, watching someone else's videos about NICU babies, it just, like, triggers something to me. I'm like, I, I do not like right that. <laughs> I do not want to. I do not want to hear that because that's all you heard all the time. Yeah. But... Um, so we would just be some of the scarier moments, you know, would we, whenever we were doing kangaroo care with him, Truman was so tiny that he would fit. I'd wear a nursing tank top and his little body would just fit right in between my nanas, my, my boots, like <laughs> in my, in my nursing tank top, his full body would just fit right in there. Yeah. And his neck, his head was so tiny. Like it wouldn't even go in between my chest and my, my chin, you know, in between my neck fold there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, it was so tiny. Um, but some of those 
shocking and scary moments were when you're holding him and all of a sudden he either stops breathing, like forgets to breathe, and then he desats, like his oxygen levels go really low. Mm -hmm. And you just have to sit there like, oh, my God. And the nurses come running in because if they're if they get below like 70 percent or at certain times early on, it was probably 80 percent. If he got below 80 percent of oxygen level, then they'd have to come in and see if he was going to be able to get out of that DSAT by himself. If yeah. they were going to have to stimulate him or do some sort of, you know, high extending measures to yeah. get him to breathe again. Um, so you're just kind of like you, when he stops breathing as a parent, you almost stop breathing. Cause you're like, Oh my God, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I know that there was one time, babe, that you were holding him. Yeah, and I was just really remembering freaked, that. It really freaked you out. Yeah. Um, that he, he stopped breathing and he didn't breathe again. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Derek's getting emotional <laughs> because I remember, oh, bums. It was really hard. Yeah. Cause it was bad enough. Like. It was like we'd experienced it uh, multiple times, but then that time was like long. I mean, I, mean, I don't turned, know how long it was. He turned blue. He did. He, he turned, turned blue. blue. It it seemed like, and it it seemed like forever. And the and the nurse was one of his primaries. Um, I mean, normally he would snap out of it. Yeah. And they were like, "Okay, you need to give me him." Yeah, but she she like grabbed him and was handling him and. <laughs> You know, really, it felt like, and she, and it really was, really saving his life in that moment. Because if I still held him or whatever, it 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 could have been, you know, fatal. But she's take she took over and and got him back okay. And but then at that point, she's like, okay, well, we're you know we're done holding him and putting him back in the incubator. And it's like your son's ripped from you. He's not breathing because he's not breathing. And he's turning blue, and and then you can't hold him again because he's safer. Yeah. And that's I mean, pretty and devastating. You were really, you were really shook up. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I mean, those, that was one of the, bi the big ones, but those types of things happened a lot where he would stop breathing and you're like, you know, praying and praying yeah. in the spirit, like, come on, Truman, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. So that was one of, I mean, his oxygen stuff was one of the more severe things. And I don't even know if you're going to remember this, babe, when I bring it up, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. So there for like a long time, it was this oxygen. And then it like, he was still on oxygen support, but it, he wasn't having as many alarms, meaning he wasn't having as many bradycardias and DSATs. Yeah. The biggest issue while we were in the NICU was the kid's dang butt. Oh, he, gosh. I totally he, forgot about that. <laughs> he was having such major butt rash. Like, okay, it's not – wasn't just a butt rash. It was literally no. like open, open wounds. wounds. And it was because he was getting my bre my breast milk through a tube – Depending on what oxygen level he was on, at first it was an OG tube, so it was a tube that went through his mouth into his stomach and fed him. Then when they switched oxygen, it would be an NG tube where they put the tube through the nose and down into the stomach. Yeah. So, but because he was so small and he was having it, he was an IUGR baby, he just had a harder time, like, growing. So they'd have to, like, fortify my breast milk, like, put other um, formula. formula in there or, like, human growth stuff in there mm -hmm. and the stuff that they would put additional in my breast milk just he was so sensitive Gosh, to went it through so much different combinations of things oh and... my god it was like okay let's try this okay let's try this okay let's try this i'm like i wish we could just do my breast milk he could, because yeah. that doesn't cause any issues for him like right of course it's just by itself is fine things right but oh god it was i mean you guys it was so bad i mean it was literally all the doctors would talk about when we come with us. Okay, oh, well, what can we do like, about his butt? Didn't they like end up changing like um, 
finally, eventually, we, they found someone, this lady who's, she has nurses, to be retired now. It was like a wound care the, specialist. Yes, one of the nurses had suggested, praise the Lord, she thought yeah. of this, contacted the wound specialist in the hospital. Not a part of the NICU, legit a wound specialist. Yeah. Brought her up to look at his butt and came up with a special formula yeah. for Truman's tush. And I wish someone would have thought of that. Oh my that gosh. That was just the Holy Spirit, man. Seriously. And it worked. Like within a few days, it was like a brand new little tushy. And they, and it's funny because other kids were having that issue and they started calling it like the Truman butt method. Yeah. And they, they other nurses would like come into Truman's room and be like, hey, what's his, what's his formula again? Like, what does that wound specialist got him on? And yeah. they would like have to like special order these things. Yeah. And like they, they'd have these like little cups with, with little kits on it and they'd be like Truman's butt <laughs> Truman's butt formula or whatever yeah, and yeah it, I mean it was like it was like four steps worth of stuff we'd have to put on his butt every we dealt with time. that for a long time that was the bat that was yes. like the battle for and I remember weeks. one of the doctors going well if his butt's your only concern and I'm like yes but the fact is is like he can't even wear a diaper his poor little butt has yeah. to be up in the air exposed the whole time <laughs> because it's amazing it, he doesn't sleep on his stomach like all the time now what do you mean why because of how much he had to be, he was forced to be on his stomach for so long because oh, of that, like, yeah. butt in the air, open to the air. Like, it was crazy. Oh, no, poor little Bubba. It's really pretty funny but now, but. Uh, when you think about it, yes. But in the time, it was extremely frustrating. Because we're like, can we get this figured out and get this under control, we please? So my every kid, single day, all the every time. Every day. Until we finally figured oh, it out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And some of the nurses, like, we would laugh now if we talked about it with them. Yeah. Because they would have, like, flashlights in there, like, just looking at Truman's butt. Oh, my butt. gosh. Yeah, we did. And, like, to, like, see how it's healing. Yeah. And one of the nurses is like, oh, my gosh. Whenever your kid's older, we're going to be talking about how we had to use a flashlight on his butt, you yeah. know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so yeah, funny. that was a whole that was a whole big thing. And then after the, you know, July 4th came and went and we just had to walk through and let him let him build up his strength in his lungs whenever he mm -hmm. was ready. I can't remember at what point he went fully on room air and back out. I don't know how long it took. It could. It was probably maybe two or three weeks. It took a. Which, it took another the, three weeks. Yeah, that, in the grand schemes, like in the grand scheme of things, it's like oh, only three weeks. But it's like, well, we had already been in there for two months, so you tell me, two or three weeks is a long time. <laughs> plus, um, plus all the time in the hospital too. Like it wasn't just like yeah. oh, all of a sudden he's a surprise birth and he's premature, and we start the NICU experience. We've already had been fighting for for two to three months. Yeah. So prior to even so then going after, to yes. So then after all the oxygen stuff and he was on room air and we were working on feedings, like that's kind of basically how the NICU works, depending on how preemie your baby is. Yeah. You have to get the oxygen stuff under control. Once they're able to like breathe on their own, then you can start working on the feedings because they're getting all of their nutrients through like either IV or the NG or OG tube. Yeah. And then your next step is to work on them being able to fully eat by mouth. Um, not right. by a tube um, right. before you can go home. And so I remember just being so dang adamant that I was going to breastfeed that kid because I'm like, I did not have my way on any of this. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get anything I wanted. I didn't get my home birth. Like I didn't get any, I didn't get a baby shower. I didn't get to do a nursery. Like I'm like, I'm breastfeeding this kid. And he initially did really well. And then it just got to a point where he, his lungs were good enough to be without support. But actually nursing in his lungs, it wore him out really quick. Yeah. And so we just – I had to make a decision. I'm like either I 
choose this battle here where we're going to stay in the NICU longer just so I can breastfeed him or I can choose to bottle feed him here at the NICU and work on breastfeeding later because he would eat quicker. Yeah. It wouldn't, it, it was just easy. It's just easier for babies, especially preemies to just bottle feed than breastfeed because right. it's, it's no effort for them. It's so easy for them to get their food. Right. So we did bottle feeds and I remember Derek was so amazing. Derek, you're just, I mean, Derek's an amazing man. He's an amazing husband, amazing father. And he did so, so much for Truman when we were there. He would get up and make sure he was at the NICU to feed Truman his bottle so that it was done right. Could, yeah. So it was done right. If there were certain nurses there that knew Truman, they spent the time. But if there were nurses that didn't get Truman a lot, weren't assigned to him a lot, they wouldn't know exactly how Truman preferred Yeah, we would to find eat. out the night and, before and, who was going to be there in the morning. So we knew. If we needed if to get needed there. To go yeah. In. yeah. And, um, I mean, you, you probably don't know this if you don't know about preemie babies or anything. Like, it's not like they start, oh, let's give them any bottle that they can have. And then you just, like, cradle them and feed them. No. There's a specific way you have to feed them. You have to use, like, basically a extremely slow flow nipple yeah. on the bottle mm -hmm. to feed them. A PT has to, like, come in and train you. Yeah how to feed them so they don't aspirate on their milk yep. because if they aspirate, then you're going back on oxygen. So it was extremely nerve wracking. Yeah. And that is at that point, like my anxiety started in with his feedings. And I can talk about that more about our, in our next video about how in our next podcast. stressful feeds. I keep saying video because I'm so used to YouTube. Thanks for correcting me. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, it was so stressful to feed him and it would take forever to feed him. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes. But Derek, yeah, Derek did, Derek did so awesome, was so awesome with him with that. And it was really because of Derek that we went home sooner than we did because he would make sure that Truman would get the food that he needed. There was an extreme battle with the doctors the further we, the longer we were there and the closer we got to going home, there was just battles. Um, yeah. You know, I don't have anything against them. I'm so thankful for yes. the doctors, but it's like, it kind of felt like the longer you were there, it was like, do you guys just not want us to leave? Yeah, it's like you're trapped. Can you, it's like, can you, can you work with us here? Yeah. And I remember Derek got so mad one time because they were adamant about putting him on like a fortifier again, like formula. It's like not getting breast milk. And we were like. With the growth we and everything. Want, they wanted yeah, to see more. We're like, we're like, no. Because. Oh, what was happening was is he was getting the formula and he was getting full too fast. Yeah. So he wasn't taking as much. Right. Uh, and they needed no, to see a certain amount of ounces a day. Yeah. He had to have so many calories and so many mm. fluid intakes per like every three or four hours. And if he didn't get it every three, four hours, then you basically start over on your time frame of what he's taking per what he's taking by mouth and what his goal is. Yeah. So you have to go so many days, hit their goal. And all that. Yeah. And if you don't hit that goal, then your days start over. Like, okay, you have to have five days of XYZ and you have to have three days of him gaining XYZ. And if yeah. you don't hit those goals, like we would get so far, we'd be like, oh, he's on day two and he's gained this much. And we only have, we're one, we're one day down, one day down to meet the goal. And then pff, we had oh, to do like no. two, what, two, he, two or missed, three days in a row or something. What was it? What it was? He missed his mills by five yeah. mils or something crazy. Milliliters, we, like that's like a, yeah. that's like a couple drops. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was that drastic. Five mils, I just kind of said it was still so super but, super low, like thirty mils, thirty mils it, in, in an ounce, just to give you the 
inversion, if you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it was just getting extremely frustrating at the end where yeah. we, I mean, you do have to advocate your for your kid yes. at times. Um, because you do, like, even though the doctors, they're specialists, they know God has given you that child for a reason. Yeah. You have the discernment. You, even though the doctors are in there a lot, you are in there the most. We were in there 12 to 14 hours a day. We knew Truman the best. We knew what he needed and we had to fight for mm-hmm. it. And Derek got so mad one time at one of the doctors. I can't even remember like what you said, but you were I was not fighting her over happy. the formula and the whole thing. And I was just like, that doesn't make, she's like, well, we can do this. I'm like, but that doesn't make sense because of this. And she's like, well, we can do this. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because of this. Like, this is what we need yeah. to do. Like I had, I, I, Sabrina had to calm me down cause I kind of got a little bit loud with her, but, um, I was passionate like, about it because parent, I'm like, this is not like... going to work because we like, we know because it's, and some of the doctors, they're the way they rotate. I mean, they'd be like on 24 hour shifts and they might have to go to different hospitals and they might be there and you might not see that, that same doctor again for a week, uh, or longer at times. Yeah, so. But it's like, it's like, you're his doctor, but we are his parents. Yeah. Can you please at least let us try yeah, this, we did, and we did get to try. And they it. finally let. They said, "Okay, you can do breast milk for three days, and if he doesn't gain good enough weight, then we're gonna have to do this." And we're like, "Okay, fine." And would you know it? He he gained enough weight yep. with the with the breast milk, and then the day that he ended up, then we went up, went in there, and they said we could go home. We were just like blown away. No, you remember what? We did you remember it. what happened? I do. Rem- a couple I do days, happened, a couple days but... prior, the the weight he didn't show weight gain, and he had to have weight gain over whatever how many days in a row, and it was yeah. so confusing because it was like a kind of a significant weight loss, and like, it's just just not right. It's just not right. And um, I went in early on the day that he came home, which was I think it was a Monday. I don't remember for sure, but I went in early to make sure he get fed, and we're in there, and it, it came up with his weight. And I was like, what's his, what, what was that again? I started asking questions and it just didn't make sense. And so the nurse called the nurse, the nurse that was on that morning called the nurse that was on that, that night when he had a, his weight check. Come to find out they recorded it incorrectly. And so we didn't even know the day that Truman was going home, that he was going to go home. We were still fighting. We didn't know how long we were going to be there. Yeah. Because we thought basically his weight gain goal, like started over. Yes since he had supposedly quote unquote lost yeah. weight, but really he didn't. So the doctor, so the nurse or not the nurse, sorry, the doctor, the neonatologist on staff was like, so I guess you guys can go home today then. Yeah. And for all the times we were fighting that the kid could go home. It was, it was almost like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Watch that, watch that video because we're just like, it's happening, you know? And, and we just, the day we, we didn't have home. any idea. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like you you want so long to bring him home, and then the mo- moment finally comes that you can bring him home, and you're like, uh, I don't know if we can do this. Yeah, I'm crapping my I'm crapping my pants. Yeah, I do not think how are we gonna do this because you don't think it f- through fully through that this whole entire time you've had doctors, nurse, staff, everybody monitors hooked up to him the whole monitoring, time, monitoring, yes, caring, and then all of a sudden you put him in his car seat and you take him to his car and. There's no monitors and there's no doctors and there's no nurses mm-hmm. and it was insane, but we did I mean, it. It's yeah. I mean, we looking back, it's like, it seems like yesterday, but then also seems like so long ago. It seemed like the longest time of our life. And then now it's like, it was such a short, a short period too, but it's something that that season stays with you 
a lot of those relationships have stayed with us, uh, yes, other, other parents so. and the nurses, um, you know, yeah. thank, thankfully for social media, we get to stay in touch and still see each other's lives and they get to see Truman grow. And, you know, st- some have come to like birthday parties and those things. Um, and it's just been really great because you just, you, you really have a tribe of people and, and that's yeah. in the hospital, but we had a tremendous tribe of people outside of the hospital that came and visited and prayed for us and held us up and, and all those things. And we didn't highlight so much of that on the NICU part, but we did have a lot of that support too. Yeah. Um, Sorry. We didn't mean to even, not do that, even but... through that, but it was, um, you know, it's a, it's just, it's now I'm thankful that we had this journey. I'm thankful that we had to go through that because of, well, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. It wouldn't be yeah, starting this I mean... and sharing with you guys. We, I, I mean, I can speak for myself that, um, how I know God now is vastly different, like on a, in a better way. Um, my compassion for other people, my gratitude, my gratefulness, my thankfulness for life and for my son, for my husband, um, for all of our community of people that rallied around us, just so many things that I think you take for granted before, or even, like I said, my perspective or my view of who God is because he was so merciful, so faithful. I mean, it's, I mean, it's true. Like, you know, (laughs) what the Bible says is like, the perseverance that you gain, the maturity that you gain mm-hmm. from going through those. It's like you don't want to have to go through trials in life, but to become more like Christ, you have to. Yeah, you do. To be to walk through those moments, to build your character, to become the person and to become who you're supposed to be for him and for this world, you have to go through it because there's, there's no other way for your character to be refined in the way that it is without going through the valleys Yeah, without going through that. And you don't, it's like, are you sure? Can I just do this and this? No, you just, you, you don't, you don't get it. And even our pastor said before, it's like, um, when you go through the valley of death, you can personally relate with Jesus because he walked through it. Yeah. But if you never walked through it, you can't know Jesus at that level because you don't know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I'm not comparing our situation to being crucified on the cross, not by any means, but it does give you a new perspective. um, Yes, for sure. It's just like when you become a parent and you see how God sees you as a father, like how he's a father to you. It's completely different. Like the perspective changes dramatically yeah. you just don't understand his perspective until you are i mean I, I say father because you know as as a dad but just as a mom too i'm sure like but you just see more of how a parent cares for their children and so you understand how god cares for for you yeah exactly i mean the holy spirit's definitely talked to me like that since i've entered parenthood mm-hmm. i would think one thing or say one thing about truman and then i'd hear the holy spirit say well that's what i think about you sabrina or yeah you know I'm, oh i'm like oh god <laughs> Yeah. Arrow to the heart the whole thing. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that I would, I would say wraps up our, our NICU journey. We brought him home and yeah. our next video, we can talk more about. Our next podcast. Oh, my Lanta, Sabrina Schwint. <laughs> Sabrina K. Schwint. On the next You're podcast. You're to keep correcting me. I don't want to keep on the correcting next, you. 
on the next podcast, on the next podcast, on the next podcast. If I just keep saying it, then maybe it'll just become second nature. If we start video on the next podcast, we start videoing these uh, podcasts, and then it'll be really confusing because you'll be looking at the camera too, and I'll just be like, "What?" Yeah. So next podcast, we will talk about um, our time home with Truman and what that was like. Uh, bringing home a preemie and immunocom- immunocompromised baby uh, and just the healing process yeah. from everything that we had went through from the, you know, six months prior to that. So we thank you all so much for joining us on today's podcast. Yes. And uh, make sure that you subscribe or follow our podcast and tell other people about yeah, it. Yeah, share. Share, share, share. Yes. Yes, we love you all and have a blessed day. Bye-bye.